with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. I'd like to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you for this week's Artsing Around. How, how are you doing? Good, thank you, Noreen. Good to speak to you too. Hope you're looking forward to a nice long weekend. I am, I am. Have you got some uh, local things that we can sort of get up to? Uh, I do have one. Oh, but it won't be open on the public holiday. The other, the other things are uh, more global. I'll ah. kick off with the global first, if I may. Yes, may let's I? do it. Yes, of course. Okay. okay, right. Well, we've spoken a lot and we will continue to speak a lot about NFTs. And to remind the listener what they are, the non-fungible tokens, which are digital works of art, which are now one of the most sought-after things in fine art auctions of contemporary art. That is the talk art galleries and what they're showing and there there has been digital a uh, couple of digital exhibitions months in hong kong and also the auction houses are selling them as we've mentioned before at phenomenal prices sometimes by uh, by some of the most sought after artists who are doing things in a very cartoon simple pixelated animation like the cyberpunks that i've mentioned on this uh, segment before in the last few weeks yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but in that realm, something interesting is going on that some institutions like, um, uh, say, say government funded galleries around the world are picking up on this trend and making their own limited editions. This is a really great idea because a lot of museums or art, art museums national art gallery type institutions do find it increasingly hard to pay for the upkeep of what are often enormous buildings and vaults where their art must be kept in pristine condition so it can be rotated around their galleries and one of the one of the uh, institutions which is known for British Museum in London is going to sell NFTs of 200 um, digital pieces, which will come, they'll come individually from uh, print make, printmaking prints by the Japanese artist Hokusai. Now it's interesting. The British Museum, where uh, near, of course, you'd hope not, as as many pieces by the famous printmaker. Hokusai, who was a fine wood carving print maker, and his most famous works are of waves. Uh, there's a there's something waves like most, water yeah, waves. Yeah, oh. probably his most famous uh, painting. Uh, sorry, print print uh, wood woodblock print, which is printed with one carved woodblock in one color, and then there are several different colors that are printed when the ink is dry on top of one another to make quite flat images but uh, it's uh, he, the, the dates back to the uh, 19th century it's called under the wave of uh, kanagawa and uh, in, in uh, or so it's simply called the great wave by by some uh, art books in english and it was pr- it was printed first in 1831 and it's uh, w- one of the originals are owned uh, from this series, he did many of these, and also, like many great artists, also uh, the artist in question did have a team of people working for him. So this is how the great painters and sculptors like Henry Moore and some of, some other of the American abstract expressionist um, paintings, even people that we've talked 
like Jackson Pollock, didn't do everything on their own. They would have studio hands, uh, not, not, not really interns, but people who had graduated and were already producing their own work, but wanted to uh, be in the shadow of a great master to learn. So if somebody was a sculptor, as a printmaker, they would see it as a, a fantastic opportunity to find out some of the secrets of how to make the, the best woodblock prints, for example. But um, to th there's going to be an exhibition coming up in a few days in London that's going to go on till January. So starting September 30th till January, uh, the end of January in 2022 at the British Museum, it's a picture of everything exhibition. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's all of Hawker-sized work at um, the maritime pictures of the waves, but also he went into the Japanese countryside and did some really amazing... You know, um, when I used to work full-time at RTHK, uh, I won't name her, but one of our colleagues didn't mind going to Japan now and then, and we would see her Facebook uh, post... <laughs> And in all of these wonderful different coloured leaf seasons, whether it was um, cherry blossom and uh, or the autumn leaves, I'm sure leaves the listeners would love orange. to know who it is. It's <laughs> it's the it's the one and the only Angie Mann. She's absolutely obsessed uh, w w with Japan and and, and yeah. yeah, she just loves uh, going there so much. <laughs> Even in the uh, the three and a half years that I worked full time at RCHK, she must have gone there like nearly a dozen times. <laughs> and I'm sure, and, I, and I've kept. But it's amongst a lot yeah, of Hong Kong. Uh, a lot of Hong Kong people love going to Japan. I, I suppose yeah. it's just um, the hustle and bustle of of Hong Kong. Not to say that Japan isn't. You know, it's also very very busy. But it's just more quiet. And I, I don't know. It's a strange. I've not been to Japan uh, much. I've Probably. only been there one oh. time uh, right. in, in my life. But it's, it's a very sort of um, not quiet. It's busy. You, you can go to mm. the busy places, but it's also got this quiet um, vibe to it i don't know how to explain I, it i agree i agree because uh, the first time i went to tokyo i expected and it was from here i expected it to be all pretty busy like hong kong but yeah, yeah considering there, how there, many there, people there. are there on the on the train for example or crossing the road it's just yeah, exactly. not a very loud city that's it no uh, and also some of the uh, well-known uh, stops or neighborhoods on you know stops on the train and the, the neighborhoods that you explore as a visitor are not very high rise no. like some of them i was expecting them all to be but they're only the kind of real uh, cbd um and uh financial areas that, that that are the rest of it residential areas it doesn't take long to be out of those areas to be in central japan but still in essentially low rise compared to hong kong but um but uh it's um so yeah some of his pieces um were um that's hokusai the printmaker were focusing on the different seasons and uh and, and some people's from here do go for those seasons and people have painted the cherry blossom and the autumn leaves in Japan for years. In this case, Hokusai, uh, it is done with the wood woodblock prints and some of those woodblock prints of autumn and the cherry blossom appear in the 200 work museum is going to, uh, that has, has license for because they own the uh, rights to these, to these prints, which are, you know, one-offs. Um, they, 
uh, yeah, they're going to make um, NFTs of 200 works to coincide with this exhibition. So it's a, it's a vote of confidence for the medium that they expect to um, you know, get a good response. But it has to be said, these, there are many, many um, Hokusai prints that are quite similar, although these are unique ones, otherwise they wouldn't be able to make NFTs from them that the British Museum has. And the prices are going to start from around hundred US dollars. So that's think about forty thousand HKDs for for um for for, for one uh, NFT which will be um you know by by the comparison of some of the hundreds of thousands of US dollars that we've been talking about recently is seen as quite a bargain. So if you're looking to get into the NFT market, perhaps uh, you know the more modestly priced hockey size. And they're quite, they are, I love the original prints. I don't know what they would look like uh, backlit with pixels, you know, in a digital form. Because I absolutely love printmaking, and I uh, can't imagine how that's going to translate without being too bright. So I'm looking forward to at some point seeing what they look like in digital form. The, uh, that's something uh, from overseas I wanted to talk about. Now, I don't know, did, Noreen, did you catch did you, any of the um, Global Citizen Live concert that went on over the weekend that just passed? No. This is our next, next item. No, 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 no. Do update me. Um, it was something which uh, was quite an amazing 24-hour global event spanning seven concerts, and it was all happening to raise money. It was a fundraiser for, uh, from the UN, actually, to address poverty, vaccine equality, so that people in poorer nations can afford uh, to, to be vaccinated to against yeah. COVID. Um, and uh, it was also to alleviate poverty that's been caused specifically by climate change. So in areas where people may have had failed crops or livestock and so on, um, or even had their villages uh, blasted away by, you know, by stormy um, you know, stormy winds or rain that has happened as a result of uh, climate change, and it, it um, some some amazing names that uh, that played, and it was it was going on in a few different places, a couple of places in Europe, Paris and London. Sydney, though, because it was in lockdown, um, they had to go for artists, musical performers, just doing things without an audience because they the plans to. Under yeah. lockdown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, unlike, and again, it was quite weird, I thought, seeing New York, uh, there, was, um, uh, there was a massive uh, crowd around for all kinds of uh, performers like Shawn Mendes the, and, uh, and in LA. There were two, from, two points from America where bands were playing. And my, my highlights, I did watch some of it live and... You can see folks on YouTube, Global Citizen Live, if you want to see some of the clips of what went on and if you even feel like contributing to a pretty worthwhile cause. It's, um, they, it was the Fugees. Do you remember the Fugees or if that's uh, something that you uh, know? The uh, American band who did a cover of Killing Me Softly, which was, an, uh, which was a, uh, a soul song back from uh, the, the 60s. Uh, and they... Um, yeah, they reformed, especially for this event in America, oh, wow. uh, 15 years after they, uh, after they decided to go their separate ways. Yeah, they're like a mixture of soul and hip-hop, and it was so good. They've got so much uh, positive energy. It was great to hear and see them together. 
Um, in in, in um, Australia, it was um, uh, what's her name, Delta Goodrum. If you're familiar with oh, uh, yeah. with her, um, yeah, she. I mean, she's a big star in Australia, and she would have had a packed crowd as they were in Madison Gardens in New York and all these other venues kicked off they had a public stage outside the Arc de Triomphe in Paris where Elton John kick-started the mm. whole event as it as it uh, as it went on and it was also um yeah I mean it was so it was in in these different places in Africa there were there was a, as a concert as well it was an amazing thing and it was it was really weird in Hong Kong where Clock and Flat sadly has just yeah, been cancelled two days ago mm. so uh yeah i i already had my tickets for that oh. and um it was um yeah it was interesting to see um places that have um you know a lot of covid numbers that were uh, allowing mass concerts to go ahead i have I to say um and uh, one only can keep double fingers crossed that nothing happens there was, of course, as I've mentioned before, with music festivals, we've talked about this before, you're only allowed in if you've had two vaccinations and you have to prove that before you could go in. And they were encouraging people to wear masks. And so I've got to say, uh, just interesting that the Madison Square Gardens um, shoulder-to-shoulder crowds in New York did have a few people wearing masks. And as the cameras panned around the crowds, it was Asian Americans or, uh, you know, in attendance that seems to be wearing the masks more. And so it just uh, made me wonder whether it was just kind of a more of a cultural thing um, sort of yeah, choice to do so by those people. So, yeah, that uh, that went on. Um, something that's going on in Hong Kong, very interesting exhibition by a local artist called Chen Wei. And it's at the Blind Spot Gallery in Wong Chupang a multimedia uh, exhibition, so it's spanning all sorts of media, uh, some very large-scale photographs, some LED light installations, and he's made an environment in there which is based on a, uh, an imaginary city that he takes inspiration from, from the nostalgic 1930s, 1930s day of Shanghai, uh, and also of modern cities like Hong Kong. So it's kind of fused elements of them both. And as you walk through the entrance, um, your even some of the walls have been specially tiled in the gallery just for this occasion. And they are they're, they're, they're kind of reflections of things that have been happening in people's uh, lives when they've been going out to have a few drinks or to play a game of uh, snooker. There's one piece that's a snooker table which um, is collapsed. The, uh, the kind of uh, surface, the green stuff on a on a snooker table is looking worse for wear. It's uh, the, yeah, the table's collapsed. The balls are on the floor. The cue abandoned, and you just nothing there. It's kind of it's one. It's it's those kind of things. It reminds me a little bit of the Tracy Emin unmade bed that caused a lot of uh, raised eyebrows and been such a, uh, a, a a piece of art was uh, was put in the Tate Gallery a good 20 years ago now. Um, so I'm not saying that this is behind the times in any way, but it's uh, but it just reminds me of uh, of that um, art. 
through in some people's minds raise many questions. You know, and also it's in a, it's in a, it's in a contemporary commercial gallery. The Blind Spot Gallery has uh, really does champion a lot of local Hong Kong artists and others from around the region as well. And I often wonder if you bought a piece which was let's just say this one, it's called Billiard Ball, and it was made in 2020, even though it has the word billiard, it's a, it's a set of snooker balls that are in sight in the, you know, on the floor and in a few pockets of the kind of just about um, looking as if it's on the point of collapsing. It's, it's a funny angle uh, in its pockets. There are balls. What would you do with that? That's the sort of thing. It's really large scale. I mean, you know how big a snooker table is, it's sort of three or four meters uh, in length, four or five even, and it's uh, the, 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 uh, the full length, and then about another three across in its width. Uh, it, I just wonder where people would put something like this. There's some light blue or light blue uh, green celadon. You know, celadon, it's that sort of, you see that it's a glaze, which you see a lot in uh, Thailand, that kind of blue. Tiled a section of the gallery wall with, with the celadon blue, like sky blue tiles, and then he's put a, about a metre away from the wall an LED which is programmed to have lots of... Some of them are words in Chinese characters. Some of them are... Uh, I, the way you're meant to look at this is not directly... Sorry, Andrew, at the, I, it got cut out a little bit. Some of them are sort of oh. eye-catching, did you say? I... Oh, um, yes, uh, icons. icons. Oh, icons are big ones, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That are, that are, so um, he takes his uh, images from, uh, or his inspiration, it could be like an image of the sun in a kind of cartoon or way, and then you are meant to observe the, the images from the light box that's pointing at the wall. You look at the tiles that are on the wall, and you enjoy the artwork through the reflection, which is programmed onto an LED screen. You're not looking directly at the screen. Oh, so you're wow. looking at the reflection, which is reversed. It's a very interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, it and, is. And it, yeah, but again, would somebody keep this, uh, this flashing uh, display, which is deliberately meant to give the uh, feeling of a sleepless city? You wouldn't want, you'd have to turn it off in the evenings, wouldn't you, if you come back from a hard day's work? Yeah, Surely, I, 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 mean, I, I would, yeah. And, yeah. and just, just sort of turn it on if you've got yeah. guests that you want to show. Yeah, have yeah. a chat. Well, actually, I mean, I think it would be a fantastic talking point, for sure. It's called Tiled Trouble 21082, and it was produced oh, this what a year. Catchy, what a um, catchy name. Indeed, <laughs> Tiled Trouble. And it's, I mean, it's, it's very interesting that somebody's used uh, some, I don't know, some kind of light art, but it's but it's quite it's quite real as well. It's uh, the length of the light box um, with, the, with the LED projections uh, is a few meters at least in length. Um, so I think it's some if somebody was was a real serious contemporary art, perhaps for this kind of conceptual art, um, you need to be one of those people that is able to um, you know afford a small gallery to house some of your works and then you could enjoy walking into them and seeing lots of different artworks mm -hmm. around there. I'm not sure it would work so well in a domestic setting, but uh, that's just, just a thought. But, uh, but still, it's an interesting exhibition and uh, it's on um, at the Blind Spot Gallery and you can find out more details at 
blindspotgallery, or one word, B-L-I-N-D-S-P-O-T gallery.com, and it's up until November the 13th. Uh, and it's interesting to see something of, uh, you know, experimental art by, by new emerging Hong Kong artists. And galleries, you know, they, they need to sell artworks to be in business. So they obviously do have some faith in this young artist's work. The, uh, the whole installation, which, which is a number of artworks that are titled individually as a collection, it's called The Last Night, and it's by Chen Wei. Excellent. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for all your recommendations and, and sharing for this week's Artsing Around. And I look forward to catching some of these uh, things. And I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Noreen. Have a good long weekend. And you are on on Saturday. Are you on tomorrow as well? I am on tomorrow ah. from 2 till 6 p.m. And I have a couple of guests in. And guess what? They're a bit arty. They're a bit <laughs> arty by nature. Excellent. Well, I look forward yeah. to tuning in to your program tomorrow um, from 2 till 6 and then again um, on Saturday, um, same yeah. time as well. Yeah, 3 till 6 on three Saturday. 3 till 6 on Saturday, more, that's it. More of a reggae and ska vibe on that day, yeah. Excellent. Well, have a lovely long weekend and I'll chat to you next Tuesday. Bye for now, Andrew. See you. Thanks. Take care. Bye.